With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Java Chats with Dr. Sandy. Your personal brew of life with a teaspoon of medicine. Real women, real life, real chats. Welcome back for another episode of Java Chats with Dr. Sandy. This afternoon, a cup of vanilla almond tea for me with a half cup of blueberries and almonds. You know, for a little energy, a little pick-me-up. Never a bad thing, right? As you know by now, this show, Java Chats with Dr. Sandy, is all about how daily life affects our personal and physical well-being, relating to everyday living, but also how disease processes may affect us as well. In all the episodes so far, I have offered a personal take on the subject at hand. I have to say, though, with today's episode, I have no personal experience, but I'm curious to know about this topic. So obviously, this is a podcast, and I can't see any of you, but I could imagine that some of you have kids, some of you may not, others may be divorced, others remarried with someone who has kids, which would make you the stepmom, right? It is estimated that more than half of all Americans either have been or will be included in a blended family sometime during their lifetime, thus potentially being a step-parent. And being a step-parent or a parent is no easy feat. There are so many angles to consider when becoming a step-parent and definitely something that should not be taken lightly. And who better to discuss all the facets of being a step-parent than my guest, Tracy Poisner, Not only is Tracy a biological mom and a stepmother, but she's also the producer and host of the weekly Essential Stepmom podcast heard in 58 countries worldwide, where she offers unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. For the past 14 years as a mom and stepmom, Tracy's career path has taken her from performing artist to alternative healthcare professional and most recently certified life coach. She helps struggling stepmoms feel useful and appreciated in their family life while helping their partners stay on their feet as effective parents despite challenging family dynamics. And there could be many of those. Tracy joins us from Canada, where she lives with her husband and one or more and one or more of her stepkids. Tracy, thank you for joining us on today's chat. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I just want to uh, dig right into this. I read, and I believe you knew that your current husband prior to dating, you you knew he had kids, mm-hmm. and he knew and, and he knew you had a child, correct? Yeah, um, we had kind of an interesting situation. It, it, it's pretty rare, probably, but so I I was married before, and I got divorced when my daughter was about eleven or so, I think, and. Um, in order to be able to sell our home after that, I needed some extra cash. And in those days, I was still working as a, a professional symphony musician. That's what I was doing at the time. So um, I rented a room in our house um, to a colleague from the orchestra. And mm-hmm. uh, a couple of uh, that was for a year, it was fine. And then 
couple of years later, there came another person who needed a similar situation, needed to rent a room. And, and somebody from the orchestra knew that I had this place, put us together, blah, blah, blah. So uh, we shared my house for a number of years as just as roommates, you know, I, I was the mm-hmm. landlord, I suppose you could say. And so it was never an intention for either of us to get together. Uh, that just happened f- like five years down the road. Um, I, I had the great good fortune to know his kids before we ever got together. Um, so that was a that was a nice thing. You also mentioned um, you have a daughter, correct? Mm-hmm. How, how old was she when I, I guess he first moved in and how, how did she react to this? And, and, and then in terms of uh, when you guys started dating, like five years into it, right? So then by then she was already gone. She was um, maybe 12 or 13 back then when he first came to live with us. He was definitely here through all of her high school years. And then, then she moved out to university, and then we got together. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it okay. didn't happen. It didn't happen before then. So there sort of wasn't anything for her to react to. I think she was kind of surprised when I told her. She wasn't expecting that any more than I was. But then the funny part is that about three years later, maybe, was when his oldest son came to live with us for the first time, and that lasted for about six months. And then a couple of years after that, then his middle son came to stay with us and he's been here the whole time. So that's been like nine years or so, but he's off at college now. And as soon as he was gone, then his younger sister came. So I joke that we've been the serial parents of an only child four times in a row. So you're also a life coach and also instructing other women how to deal in terms of becoming a stepmom. And so in your travels, you probably met um, several women with uh, kids who are much younger and they've had to deal with that, you know, a new person in their life, not not their biological mom or dad. Um, I'm interested in in finding out more about sort of that, that, because I could imagine as children, you go through that grieving process and you come to the realization that, mom and dad may never be together again and then there's a new person in their life well and then they still hope that it's that it's going to happen right like a right. Lot of, um i've talked to grown women who have told me that they grew up in this kind of circumstance where their parents weren't together and i had one woman share with me that when her dad passed away she said i realized that i was grieving the fact that my parents would never get together again because he was gone. And she said they'd been divorced for 20 years. And I had no idea that I was still carrying this around. So for a lot of kids, I think it doesn't ever go away. I could imagine that because, you know, the children are always wanting the uh, version of mom and dad, mom and dad being together. And it's very tough for them, you know, uh, being from divorced families to spend, uh, say, one weekend with one parent, the other weekend with the other parent alternating. You know, it's, divorce is tough on kids. And uh, to your point, uh, people grieve through this. And uh, there's no end to a grieving process, no matter if you're an adult. And imagine that um, when you're in this, this situation of uh, you know, having younger kids who are still in constant contact with their mom, maybe they live half the time with her, or they see her on the weekends or whatever. You know, kids don't say, gee, I really miss my mom right now, you know, but, but they do, of course, they're missing one parent, 100% of the time, they are always missing mm-hmm. one parent. 
It's a situation right. of missing somebody every minute of every day. And they don't say it like that. They say things like, my mom cuts the corners off my sandwiches. Mm. Or um, my mom makes really great chocolate cake when you're presenting your chocolate cake. It's really easy to feel that it's a yes. reflection on you. It's not any kind of reflection on you. That's the way they say, I miss my mom right now. And they're yeah. totally entitled to have that feeling. We have this idea that the kids are like uh, tennis balls or something that just happily bounce across the court from one place to another. But the what you were saying a moment ago about the idea of wanting their family to be whole, it goes much deeper than that. So, everywhere you're standing as a child, everywhere you're standing, 50% of you has become not well or bad or disliked. And right. you identify as a child, as everybody does, you you unconsciously identify yourself with mom and dad. You you are half mom and half dad. And so there is no place in the world anymore for you to stand where you're whole. That the the ultimate, the nicest, the best, the most healing role for a woman in this stepmom position is to hold space for a child to be whole, to say, you know, your mother energetically is welcome here. We're allowed to talk about her. You're allowed to miss her. You're allowed to make things for her or buy things for her or take pictures to show her. You should have a picture of her in your room. Like you, you should not be made to feel that your mother is not a welcome energy, even if God knows much of the time that is objectively true. Much of the time, the the biological mom is creating a lot of drama and difficulty and uh, nuisance and, you know, interruption. I get it, you know, that a lot of the time it's a huge problem. But, uh, but that's the real, the real her in the real world, so to speak. I mean, she can be, you have really good boundaries to keep her the real person from messing mm -hmm. with your life. But energetically, uh, the, the, we have to respect how important it is for the kids to have space to love her, even when they're in your house. Very well said, because we we always uh, we, we we might be thinking of these solid boundaries. And to your point, there is no solid boundaries when it comes to a child. And 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 yes, mom is mom and dad is dad, and the dynamics may be different. But um, yeah, I mean, that child the, the following week or the following two weeks or whatnot will go back to mom. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and even though if mom does create drama or dad does create drama, they're, they're, they're that child's parent. And they will always be that child's parent. That's really, really important. And also to give the, the child that space that it's okay. It's okay to talk about mom. It's okay to talk about dad. You're not going to be uh, punished for it. You're not going to be looked down upon it. I'm not going to be angry. 
And uh, it takes a uh, it takes a stepmom or a stepdad with uh, a strong ego and and also good grounding to say that. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Not it's all... really hard work because you get a visceral reaction that you yes. you can't help responding. You get a visceral reaction, and you know kids come in with uh, you know they come in with stories that they don't understand. They've been either overheard things or they've been told things on purpose to that they should drop like a bomb. I mean, sometimes I say kids are, are like sent from one house to the other with their, you know, their coats packed with, with dynamite or they come with, with stories or, you know, mom says that you're whatever, or whatever it might be. Um, Or, you know, I'm supposed to bring back a check from you because you haven't paid in two months. What like those kind of things that happen. And it's really hard not to react negatively to it and they don't get it the kids the kids don't understand all the charge behind those things because they they're not part of the they're not part of the conflict that split up they have no ability to discern uh you know truth from not truth or a a deeper meaning behind some words that they don't understand the context of or what they do understand the emotional environment that they're living in. And they do understand that, that, you know, dad winces when certain things get said or that he doesn't want to talk about things or that he looks the other way or that, you know, that the new girlfriend or wife is visibly upset by something. And they might not have any idea what they said or did that was upsetting. I wanted to I, I wanted to ask you something and, and then transitioning, um, you know, in terms of the kids versus the stepkids and uh, putting the family dynamic together. Uh, approximately 65% of remarriages involve children from a prior marriage, at least on one side. And this creates that blended family that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And when you and your spouse came together to blend these families, and I know you've kind of said they've lived um, at separate times, uh, each step kid and mm-hmm. not entirely together at any point in time. But uh, how, um, how did you guys decide how to, in terms of putting either the marriage first, the kids, the step kid first, what compromises were made? And, and um, I know your kids were older, but in other family situations, how is this handled? That's a really interesting question, because there's so much talk out there about um, you know what the importance of putting the marriage first, but not very much. Like, what does that mean? Like, there's not very much explanation of what does that actually mean in real life. And sometimes when I'm coaching women on the phone and they talk about, um, they talk about like not getting time with their husband when the kids are there. And I say, like, I'm assuming that you're sleeping next to him all night in the same bed, right? Like, and they go, oh, yeah, well, but, but, you know, you have to purposefully make your time together mean something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like, like, yes, you, you do have lots of time together and your marriage comes first at that moment. Of course, like, of course it does. But something that's important to to say if you don't if you don't make your marriage a priority this is true of also in you know first families nuclear traditional nuclear families 
lots and lots of people get distracted by the day-to-day of jobs and responsibilities and stress and whatever. And, and you realize that you haven't sat down for a cup of coffee with your spouse in six months, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think, I think some things have to be in place. You have to put some routines in place where you acknowledge the priority of working on your relationship and having time together. I think you need to make a like date night for lack of a better word, you know, whatever you choose to do, it can be a walk around the block, but having some kind of date night in place, or some people do a lunch, you know, like they meet, they each leave their work and they have a a quiet lunch together once a week, but you have to make time for that to the other side of the coin. Um, the moment where they, where a child needs to be connected with their parent is never the moment to say our marriage comes first because Mm. the needs of the children are more, how can I say this more fundamental? Are you, you're for sure familiar with, um, this triangle shape is pyramid shape Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So at, at the bottom of this pyramid are the, basic needs like food and air and water, we'll, we'll skip over those because I think that's obvious, whatever's necessary to human life. But the, the most fundamental, like emotional, social need is safety and security. And the one above that is belonging and love. So people who are, I mean, individuals who are stuck or who are like profoundly lacking in their safety and security needs are going to push anybody in that with with higher up needs out of the boat so to speak in the same way that a drowning person will will save the life will will drown the lifeguard if the lifeguard doesn't know the the right techniques so the the kids needs are completely about safety and security and we're mistaking them for love and belonging because for a child all of their safety and security needs are identified with their parents that children, human, human children are not capable of looking after themselves in the world until whatever, let's say a minimum 14, 15 years of age. And when a family has dissolved, um, their security in their minds has been called into question and all of their security is resting in their parents. And so we're not ever competing with them on the same level, you know, as a, as a woman, your needs are about love and belonging. And you think that they're competing with you for attention on that same level, but they're not for the kids. It's about their security. And the truth is when you said 65% of, of marriages include uh, second marriages include kids. um, The truth is that about the same number, about uh, 65 or 70% of second marriages fail. So our job is to understand a little bit about childhood development and about family dynamics and about emotional needs and to say, at this moment, the kids' needs are going to trump my own needs at this moment. And that doesn't mean that your needs aren't worthwhile. It means that as an adult, you have unlimited resources to get your needs met and you have to figure it out. They have no resources. They're relying on you to figure out how to meet their needs. I think it's it's incumbent on the adults to be smarter 
yes. and to figure out how to um, how to set the groundwork for making it work by understanding uh, where the kids are coming from and how not to inflame the uh, whatever the, the the problem areas the feeling you know it's all about connection finally you know everything yes. everything comes down to connection and the kids have to be genuinely uh, feeling connected with their biological parent and mm-hmm. the job of the step parent is to facilitate that as much as possible so I like to I like to use an image of of like biological parents mom and dad each holding up one end of a of a board let's say or a log that their kids are sitting on top of each parent is holding up one end and and the the job of the stepmom it to to help her partner with his you know with his kids cuz he needs help right uh, mom mm-hmm. needs help too but it's hard to be to do parenting by yourself completely it's very hard so your job is to hold the umbrella to bring a chair to bring over a sandwich, to be good company, to rub his shoulders. Um, you can do many, many things, but you cannot hold the log for him. You can't even help him hold up the log. It's completely the parenting part. All of the deepest parenting needs have to be fulfilled. That doesn't mean that you're not ever going to watch the kids. Of course, you're going to do that. You're going to take them places and do things with them. But the the idea of actual parenting, of what the the meat and potatoes of what goes into raising children belongs to him completely and that's really hard for a lot of dads to hear and um and in a dynamic where the woman does not have children okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and is hoping to then it's really easy for her to step into a kind of over mothering situation uh, not, I shouldn't say overmothering, but just overstepping. It's just really easy to overstep into that mother place, and you can't go there because they already have one of those. The position is filled. That's good that you point that out because as women, and we always tend to think we're the fixers. We're going to fix everything, right? We are going to go in there, and we are going to be uh, better than their mom. We are going to be super mom. Yeah. We're going to be super wife. We are going to be super worker outside the house too. And it's, it's a lot for a stepmom too. It's a lot of pressure. So knowing, knowing those roles. And I love the fact that you gave uh, this, um, this pictorial about both parents holding up that log because it's not your jobs, you know, like 
like you mentioned, to hold up that log. It's your position to help your partner in holding up the log. And it relieves a little bit of stress too for the stepmother. It helps her become even more accepted from, I would imagine, the biological mother's perspective too. Well, that's for sure. I mean, on some level, you want to be able to say, it doesn't matter what the biological mom thinks on some level. But there's a very real situation where, especially now with social media, where you have nobody, look, nobody has a child with the idea of eventually sharing that child with another woman. Nobody gets pregnant thinking, I can't wait until I get to share my child with some random girl that my, you know, my now husband is going to date. Like, like it's a nightmare. Okay. And, and women are giving over their little kids to a guy they don't like anymore. And his new girlfriend who they maybe don't respect at all. And this new woman now is being really nice to the kids, which is great. And she loves them, which is awesome. But she's flooding social media with pictures of herself and this little child saying, my little princess, I love her so much. Isn't she wonderful? This is our daughter, you know? And if you ever wanted to wake up a sleeping bear, you know what happens when you get between a bear and her cubs in the woods? Like, oh, yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah. This is a very, very deep primal thing. And I think a lot of women are not sensitive in the way they approach that situation, that they could be more sensitive. But the truth is that all of the advice that I give to parents is based on what is necessary for the child to develop properly. And what the child is going to, the child is going to appreciate what is, what is congruent with their own development. So kids don't need to develop, how shall I say this? I mean, I have a beautiful relationship with my stepkids. I love them very much and we're close, but when push comes to shove, it's all about dad and, and they are not ever going to go to a therapist someday and talk about something to do with their messed up relationship with me. Right? Like nobody ever goes to a therapist to say, I was never enough for my third grade teacher. I was never able to please my little league coach. Like it's people only ever go to therapy to work on their most primal relationships of their nuclear family. It's only about mom and about dad. And as a stepmom, you can, you can step in and fulfill, you can fill some things that are missing, but you can't, I mean, what the kids really want is to get that missing thing from their own mother, ultimately, exactly. right? And you can't take away the pain that comes from not getting what you need from your mother. So it, re, it ends up reflecting back on you that you you feel that something is not being appreciated or that you're, it's not being it's not being reciprocated in the way that you want or something. And it's really, it's really hard for women to understand that it's not about you and it's not about what you're doing, but that a lot of times the the best road is to back off a little and to let dad do more, uh, to let dad have more moments of connection. And it comes slowly. It doesn't happen all at once, but universally women tell me in the, in, in my group, in other groups, that this is the ticket to resolving the family tensions that they're feeling is that mm-hmm. dad does more and you stay out of the way. And when you're available, you're doing something that welcome and the rest of the time, you know, they really would rather 
um, that it be dad. And it's not because of you. It's because they need more dad. They don't have him all the re- all the time. So how does how does dad react to this? How does um, because this is this is all great advice for the stepmom. Um, how about the biological dad who is uh, say stepmom uh, lives at home and uh, may not work outside the house? But how about dad who does work outside the house? How accepting are they? Yeah, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. And a lot of people get into this kind of situation, like, let's face it, the the whole um, family court system is really kind of messed up. So a lot of guys feel pressured to go for 50-50 custody or something like that, because that's what you do. It's become a thing. But it's brand that's brand new. Like that never existed before about 40 years ago, that it just didn't exist the mom kept the kids and dad would either visit or not visit. And that was the end of the story. In very rare occasions, it would be the dad who would uh, end up with full custody of the kids. But there was no such thing as joint physical custody before um, about 1980 in round numbers. So it's become the vogue. It's become the, the thing. And I don't want to say that it's not like, I think it's wonderful that where there's a, opportunity, I think the kids should have the opportunity to have unlimited uh, exposure to both of their parents. But dads are thinking like, okay, I've got this, like, I, like how the hell am I going to make this work? And when a new, a new girlfriend comes along, a fiance and then wife, they kind of slide into feeling like this is family 2.0 with a new, you've just inserted a new player in the role of wife and mom. And it's not, it's just not like that. Like you still own 100% of your part of the parenting. So when the kids are with you, you are 100% responsible for parenting them. And that's true if you're hiring a babysitter. And it's true if you're leaving them with your mother. And it's true if you have a new spouse at home. So uh, spouses can do, do favors for each other. Um, my goodness, that happens a lot here. But I have to tell you that even after 14 years, if my husband needs me to drive somebody somewhere, one of his kids, he always asks me if I can do that for him. There's no expectation that because I'm here, and I have a driver's license, that I'm going to jump up from what I'm doing and drive somebody where they need to go. There's no expectation. Of course, we do things for each other. And he does lots of things for me. And so one of the things might be that I look after the kids on weekdays when they come home from school. But first of all, it's not an expectation uh, because if I get a job that requires me to be out of the house, there's no, we're not going to have a discussion about me not fulfilling my responsibilities. To, we're going to work out another, another solution to the problem. So I think a lot of the, a lot of the dads are disappointed to discover that life doesn't go on the way it was before with just another woman in the role of wife and mom. I hear a lot of women saying, you know, that um, my husband thinks that just because I'm home with our child all day, that I, I am by default the full-time babysitter. And let's face it, with the this pandemic and all the havoc that that's played in every household on the planet, um, a lot of people are in a dramatically bad situation where the, you know, the, 
uh, the stepmom is trying to work from home and she has her own kids at home and she's supposed to be taking care of his kids as well because he works outside of the home. And, you know, it's just, I mean, this is a, a crap show for everybody. I, there's not any easy answer for this, but there has to be an acknowledgement that your children are your, your sacred responsibility. And you can ask a partner for help, but it's not anybody's default responsibility to, to take on your parenting. And that especially applies to discipline, to the whole area of discipline, right? Like that recently a, a, a woman wrote to me and said, uh, we both work out of the house and the kids are both home trying to do school online and I get home first. So I take a look at what my stepson is doing and he hasn't done his homework. He's been playing video games. And so I tell him that he's grounded and he's not allowed to do any more video games until whatever. And then dad comes home and he undoes the whole punishment and whatever, like this was her problem. And I said, the story is that it doesn't matter if you get home first, nobody else needs to look at the kid's homework, but his dad, it's not your business if he's done his homework or not. And it's not your business if dad decides to punish him or let it go. You just wait, you just don't look, just, you just leave it. Dad is coming home, he'll take care of it. And she sort of, oh, yeah, 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 that sounds great. You know, it's like such a relief to just say, it doesn't have to be your responsibility just because you come home first. I like to say that one of the biggest impediments for a stepmom is having a maternal instinct because we're, we're so, we're hardwired by nature to sort of, it activates our maternal instinct when we're around kids. I'm glad you're saying that because sometimes uh, women need to hear that. And actually, sometimes in not doing everything, we empower ourselves to do the things yeah. that we need to do instead of not doing the things that we shouldn't do. And so it's that empowerment. And I would imagine that it's best to also even have these discussions about child rearing and discipline, even before you say I do. So everybody kind of knows in terms of uh, the, that's the sort of expectation. Yes, Absolutely. I'm marrying, I'm, I'm marrying you, I want to be your wife. Yes, I will be the stepmom to your children. But I don't have to be everything for everybody. And I'm not their mom. And I wonder how many, I wonder how many women have that kind of honest discussion. Uh, because like you mentioned, uh, the, uh, the divorce rate in second marriages is close uh, to 70%. I agree with you 100%. I think the one big problem is that the, it's so difficult to predict what could happen. I mean, when I got together with my husband, his kids lived with their mother three hours away from here. And for five years, he went every weekend to visit them. I had zero expectation of ever uh, being involved. And then one at a time, they all three came to live here. It was completely unexpected. It happens to people that uh, mom gets sick and the kids have to live with dad. It happens that mom ends up in jail and kids have to live with dad. It happens that mom meets another guy and gets pregnant and decides to just leave the kids with dad and go off and start her new life. Uh, in my community, the absentee mom is a very real phenomenon. So mm -hmm. there is, it's very hard to predict when you get together with somebody that this could happen. There are women in my group whose husband found out that he had a, a child that he never knew he had fathered a child and a kid gets to be three years old and some old girlfriend gets in touch with him and says, oh, you know, surprise. I never told you, but surprise, right? So surprise. there are, 
there are such a variety of crazy things that happen to people that it's not always possible to um, to predict them and to have those kind of those kind of very wise discussions about expectations. But I think even still, it's about it's about both parents understanding what the that how different the blended family energy dynamic is from a traditional nuclear family. Mm-hmm. So, which actually segues, uh, segues to the next question that I have. And uh, when that honeymoon phase is over for everyone, and uh, and sometimes you you get to this realization that your your stepchildren may not like you, or on the flip side, that you don't like them, or the children, the biological and stepchildren don't like each other. How how does one deal with this? Because I, I imagine this might be that phase where you think, "Oh my God, what have I done? What have I gotten myself into?" Of course that happens. And it's not that there's always a honeymoon phase. Sometimes it starts out that way from the beginning, that you you just aren't crazy about these kids or even just one of them. Sometimes, you know, I know women who really like two of the kids and the third one is really hard to take. But it's like anything. It's It's a relationship that's developing. A child who is 15 is not at all the same person that he was when he was seven, you know? Uh, so some kids can, kids can be really obnoxious. They can, you know, kid behavior is hard to take and they can be obnoxious people. And then they grow up into really nice people. So when my stepkids were two and three and six, they were running around the house. It wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't the way that I raised my daughter and she was very quiet, pretty much obedient kid. And, but, you know, now as adults, I mean, I just love these people. I can't imagine my life without them. So things change. And also, it's important to know that the, like the emotional turmoil of their life experience is going to play out naturally in, in behavior and affect, that it's normal that they're going to behave badly because they're feeling crappy a lot of the time. All the experts say that it takes seven to 10 years for a step family to gel, to settle in. And that's an extraordinarily long long time if you're in year two or three you're saying oh my give me strength like how could it possibly take seven to ten years like I don't think I can hang on but it's a life project you have all the rest of your life with these people and if it's rocky for five or six or seven years and then you have the next 50 years to enjoy it, then it's a worthwhile investment. So, um, you, you know, obviously, Tracy, you've been at this for a while, you know, both uh, helping others and personally. And it, like I mentioned before, it's uh, being a stepmom or a stepdad is no is no easy feat. And it could be challenging with work and uh, everything else going on in terms of, uh, you know, everyday life. And it can lead to emotional and physical manifestations, if not handled well, in terms of anxiety, depression, sleep disturbance. What, what what advice would you give to stepmoms to prevent uh, burnout? And also, uh, in terms of easing that transition, because while hearing the words, you're not my mom may be true, sometimes the words can sting. The, you know, you're not my mom is the archetypal response to something that, that a stepmom doesn't want to hear. And the first thing to say is, of course, I, I know you have a mom. I don't look anything like her or, you know, no, of course I'm not your mom, but I'm the grown up in the house right now. And, you know, your dad has put me in charge of taking care of you. So that's the first answer to just uh, not take it personally. 
to acknowledge that it's that it's true what the child is saying and also to take back your your normal adult authority to be you know setting rules or boundaries or not letting kids hurt themselves or whatever it might be but in terms of of not getting burnt out because burn burnout is a real it's a real issue and it usually comes from from us trying too hard you know trying as you said a moment ago to be all things to all people and to be a fixer and to do it all and to be super human and we sometimes dig our own hole nobody asked us to do this we just jumped in feeling like you know we're going to i'm going to show everybody how easy it is that i'm you know i'm going to take on all these tasks and i'm going to do it all and when you start getting back the reaction of that your efforts are not being appreciated it's easy to feel really resentful and to get burnt out from doing that. But the message is stop doing those things. But you don't stop doing it in the sense like, well, if you guys aren't even going to appreciate what I'm doing for you, I'm just not even going to do that anymore. You know, you don't have to stop it with attitude. You have to say, okay, I finally get the message. I've probably been ignoring this message because I didn't want to see it. But now I get the message. This is my mistake. I've been overstepping and I didn't know it. You know, it comes from a good place, but you're overstepping and you need to say, oh, like, it's time for me to step back. And you step back until you find the right place to stand. And then everything sorts itself out and everybody's happier. And the, there are just floods of women saying, I can't believe how much better I feel, how much happier everybody is. Like, why didn't I do this ages ago? Well, Tracy, thank you for joining us today for this incredible, great chat on how to navigate, survive, and thrive as being a stepmom. Your personal journey has been gratifying to you. And like you said, you have a great relationship with your, with your stepkids. And, and hopefully it'll be the same for other women listening to this podcast. Uh, I do truly appreciate you sharing your perspective on blended family dynamics and, and really the emotional healing that happens uh, with stepmoms, bio parents, and the process that kids go through in order to get their needs met. Before you go, Tracy, because this is Java Chats with Dr. Sandy, what kind of beverage helps you relax? Just drinking. My new favorite beverage is a teaspoon of organic blackstrap molasses in hot water with some oat milk. And so I've just started this and I absolutely love it. It, it has the right mouthfeel for coffee. It's much richer than tea and it's a little bit sweet because the molasses. So that is my comfort drink of choice. So folks, this brings us to the end of another show. But remember I mentioned almonds before? Well, almonds are the edible seeds of Prunus dulcis, more commonly called the almond tree. They are native to the Middle East, but the U.S. is now the world's largest producer. Almonds are a fantastic source of antioxidants. They are low in carbs, high in protein, and high in fiber. Eating almonds also reduces hunger and helps lower your overall caloric intake, thus helping with weight loss. In addition, almonds are a great source of magnesium and vitamin E. So enjoy a few almonds. Thank you, and until next time. you for choosing Java Chats with Dr. Sandy as your personal group. Real women, real life, real chats. <laughs>